You've mastered VLOOKUPs in Excel. You set the new speed run record for Super Mario Brothers, and you've mastered that homemade bread recipe that you know will knock the socks off everyone at the office because baking is hard, man. The one thing you haven't conquered is loneliness. The bad news is that you can't force someone to be with you because that's called kidnapping. Valentine's Day is here, and if you want to avoid that horrible, empty feeling and spending 20 to life in prison for keeping the delivery driver in your home to watch Avengers Endgame, it's time to get yourself a human for a day. Oh, that's right. It's an experience right out of that one Black Mirror episode. Pour the human for a day formula into the bathtub, and within minutes, your very own baby will coalesce, and your 24-hour journey is off and running. Experience infant, toddler, and preteen years within the first four hours before having the sex talk and jumping into arguments about the merits of college and trade school and how you don't want to support them for the rest of your life while they live in the basement and play video games. Bond and connect with your human as they become your peer, your mentor, and then basically your grandparent. When their internal organs eventually fail and their body shuts down, rest easy knowing that your human for a day is environmentally friendly and will decompose all on its own. Burying in the backyard is recommended. So kick your loneliness to the curb and get ready to experience a friend for a day that will not only give you appreciation for your own mortality, but it will most definitely keep you occupied so you won't have to focus on how empty your life is. Make your human for a day today. Head on over to humanforaday.com now and enter the promo code MINDGAP at checkout to get a free loneliness free for 24 hours t-shirt while supplies last. Human for a day, making you feel better about yourself one synthetically created and destroyed being at a time. Hey friends, I want to take a moment to thank the fans who've been reaching out to us on social media, YouTube, and Twitch. Justin and I love making this podcast, and sometimes we lose sight of the fact that people like you listen to our content, and we just want to say with full hearts, thank you. Hit us up on all social media at MindGap Podcast, check out our YouTube channel, and stop by our Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast, to hang out with us while we record our episodes. We absolutely love interacting with you while we record. Also, it would mean the world to us if you'd hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Thanks again for listening and interacting. We love you. This week's episode is brought to you by Elfin and Castle, located at 185 North Wabash and 111 West Adams in Chicago, Illinois. Look, I know you're looking for that perfect English pub experience so you can grab some incredible drinks and tasty food. Elfin and Castle has you covered. They have excellent daily drink specials, happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., and some delicious-ass food for you to chew on while you watch some fucking sports. Come on down to Elephant and Castle at 185 North Wabash or 111 West Adams in Chicago, Illinois, and tell them that Mind Gap Podcast sent you. Well, it's that time again, Mind Gap Adventurers. On this week's episode, Justin and I review the recent story about a mother who had the chance to visit her deceased daughter in a virtual reality environment and debate whether we would ever consider participating in an exercise like that. We then chat about how comedian Ari Shafir's joke about Kobe Bryant's death drew universal derision, butthurt reactions to Parasite winning an Oscar, and how much I hate bagging groceries at the supermarket. So put on your VR headset, Put on your special feely gloves and hit the start button on your VR device as we head into the virtual reality world of episode 234 on Mind Gap Podcast. Mind Gap Podcast.
video producer. Hey, this guy shoots pornos in his building. True facts. I shoot pornos in my building. True facts. This guy right here. I do. Me. True the, facts. Uh, hashtag true facts. Hashtag true lies starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Lee Jones. What's her name? Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> there we go. Kathy Lee Gifford Jones, that, whatever. It's but she's not in True Lies. <laughs> Kathy Lee Jones. Jamie Lee Curtis. I knew one. it was a three-name person. <laughs> I knew it was a three-name broad. Guys, we got there. <laughs> Together, we got there. <laughs> hey, what's up? Water speech. Welcome back, pal. Nice to see you. Hope your time in Vietnam was good. What? You spent some time in Nam. I don't know how I feel about that. All right. Well, tell it to the judge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it. All right. All right. We're, I see where this is going. We got there, like guys. It. We got there. Uh, we, we uh, okay. Okie dokie. Woo. I'm really happy to be here, man. It makes one of us. I mean, I don't think I've ever had a time where I've been like, Jesus Christ, I really wish I wasn't here. I've never yeah. had that. In 234 episodes, I've never been like, I wish I could get out of this fucking room. So That says something about our relationship. So thank you for that. Thank You're welcome. And, and thank, thank you, Twitch. Thank you, Twitch, for and thank being... thank you, listeners. Yeah. This is fun. This is good stuff. So, uh... So, uh, my daughter was a real piece of shit this morning. You were gonna say so. My daughter was uh, was arrested. <laughs> no, What'd she, she was, do? Uh, What'd she, she was do? a nightmare, man. She was a nightmare. Jill, Jill's sick, um, and uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, Jill was sick and needed me to take Natalie to school today. So I was like, no problem. I got you. Got up. Natalie was in Jill's room, and yeah, we sleep apart because I snore. What of it? Um, I'm not worried about it. I'm just saying, marriage story. What? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Nice retort with the snort. Uh, so I go in there. It's a special one today. It's special. Uh, so I go in there, and as soon as I like, even just sit on the bed, Natalie like leans away from me, and like gets closer to Jill. Yeah. And I was like, No, we're gonna do this shit, huh? We're gonna do this shit. Okay. Got it. All right, child. I got it. And I was like talking. I was like, All right, kiddo, we gotta get going. And she's like, mm. She just like goes further and further to the point where she's just laying on Jill, and she wanted to be near me, and I'm like, Ugh. God damn it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I felt it just my chest, my anger. I was like, this is not good. But I recognized it. I was like, this is bad. Right. This is really bad. What's about to happen. You're getting angry. You're not thinking logically. And I was like, breathe, breathe. Jill's trying to talk to her, let her know, hey, look, mom's not feeling well. We talked about this. Uh, sometimes being nice means not thinking about yourself, thinking about other people, you know, not necessarily doing what you want to do. We're talking. We're trying to be civil. And it's just not going anywhere. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Like I yeah. don't. If I had all day, I would wait her out. Sure. I am the king of attrition. Oh, I yeah. will win the battle of attrition. Nine times out of ten, I will win that battle. I just didn't have the time to do it. <laughs> so finally, I was like, "Hey, we gotta go." And then she just starts crying and she starts throwing a tantrum and then this and everything. And I got to the point where I was like, "I this can't." And it just kept going. It was escalating and escalating and escalating. And I got to the point where I you know who you should have called. Who's that? Officer Brock. Officer Brock, tell because me how to Lieutenant de-escalate Brock, this. Because he right. needs to de-escalate the situation. Like, Brock, tell me 
how do I deal with this terrorist? <laughs> Rock, I've got a four-year-old terrorist. She's driving me nuts. What do I do? So I, uh, I essentially, I literally go, hey, I want you to think really hard about this moment right now. Think about it because you're about to lose privileges and I want you to remember why. So think really hard about what you're about to do because this is going to come back to you. I want you to know that. Jesus Christ. And she just stared like at me. threatening your daughter. I was like, get in your room. And I go, I go fine, I'm going to pick out your clothes. And she's like, no, runs in. So basically you're like, I'm going to lean into the bad guy. I'm going to lean like, into the villain role. I was like, look, I, we got to get this ball rolling. Natalie, I'm going to kill your cat. <laughs> <laughs> just pull our stuffed cat and it's... So I just go and I start to pick out her clothes. I don't want to pick out her clothes. But then I have this dilemma of I just told her she doesn't get what she wants because she's just acting like a complete shit. She's mm -hmm. not listening. She's being awful. She's yelling. She's screaming. All and the while, like, Jill is probably trying to get a little bit more sleep because she's Jill, not feeling well. Jill's not feeling well. Right. And I, so I go to now his closet. I go and she's like, I want to get my clothes. I go, you remember that thing I just told you? about how this is going to come back to you. I go, this is the start of it. You don't get to do things when you act like this. I go, you're not being nice. She has this little puzzle in her room, mm -hmm. with like a little elephant. She just goes, Rah! oh, and no, throws the oh, pieces. Boy. I just stared at her. And I was like, <laughs> so at this point, here's here's I'm going to interject here. Here's how, you know, she's your daughter. <laughs> it's is because that was a bad time to take a sip of that. As illogical as she's being, it is a full-on battle of will. Yeah, and your daughter uh, will not back down. And the thing is, like normally, I'm good with that. Like I said, I can wait her out. Sure, I will wait her out. I will let her calm down. I but have, we're in a schedule, people. I have no problem. Yeah. And so I just stood there and I stared at her, and then I was like, "Well, I'm gonna pick something." She grabs the the puzzle board and chucks it at my shin. Oh no. Oh my. She really. And I, Oh boy. Very quickly picked her up and put her on the bed. And I was like, you don't throw things at me. <laughs> I walked out of the room and slammed the door. I saw Jill and I was like this. I go, I have to leave now. <laughs> I go, I can't do this. Right. I've got to go. Gotta and go. I just left. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I tried to help. I can't do this. And I walked out. I went to, I went to go catch the train. I mean, there's only, like, again, like, there's only so much you can do, right? <laughs> like, there's, at some point, yeah. Jill said it was a, continued to be a problem until so, she, So until Natalie was really just being yeah. crabby this morning. It was like, yeah. as soon as Jill took over, she was still in that mood. Yeah. She yeah. said it, she goes, um... I don't ever want to spank Nally, but she goes, but I really wanted to spank her this morning because wow, she was yeah. really just being unreasonable. Sure. She goes, the second Nally got in the car, she was like, fine, great, amazing. She wanted to count school buses. She wanted to talk about all this sort of stuff. And Jill goes, you know, you don't want a teacher to have a hold a grudge. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, it's amazing how quickly they go, hey, mama, let's play a game. Yeah. And you're just like. We have Fuck a hard time you. like yeah. changing those gears because I'm like, it's over. But I'm like, you can't act like that. Right. And then just be like, ooh, how many school buses are we going to see? But if you were an adult, we would be feuding right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's just, it was a very rough start to the morning. Well, I I'm very sorry for you that you had a rough start to the morning. Okay. That's not easy. It's okay. Not easy. I love, uh, I love my kid. I mm -hmm. love her. When I, before I left, she was just whatever. And I go, hey. Listen, 
I love you no matter what, okay? Even though you're being kind of rough this morning, I want you to know that I love you, okay? Have a great day, all right? I right. kissed her and I went. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. I was, that, was, that, was a, that was a very nice thing. To, like, that, was, that was probably the right move. Uh, it's just, I could have done better. It's but. such a test of patience, man. Yeah. It's such it, a test of patience. I was proud of myself because I had the self-awareness. Like, I had the right. alarms going off. Like, you're, like, they were like, you're getting upset. It's like, dude, you gotta breathe. It's like, she's four. She's four. Right. She's four. I skipped her. Like, that was my mantra. I was like, she's just a kid. She doesn't understand. She's just a kid. She right. doesn't understand. But I was like, but she needs to understand. She, because she's, she's like, when she's a dick to me, it's like, I want to try and course correct it. But at the same time, I'm like, she's four. Right. But it's just one of those things. Like, I kind of made a joke at school where every time I pick her up, she always has like these pieces of paper and stuff that she's drawn on. She's always like, this is for mom. They're never for me. Right. They're always for mom. Yeah. And then the other day at school, I go, how come these are always for mom? And how come they're never for me? Her teacher laughed. <laughs> and Nellie was like, oh, well, they're for both of you. I'm like, oh, great. Now they're for both of us. Right. Thank you. And then the next day at school, she goes, this is for mom and dad. I'm like, all right, we're getting there. So Thank she you. retained it. Yeah. I was like, we're moving it along. <laughs> but I'm just trying to teach her to yeah. be a, to be a good kid. And it's like, I don't, I, you just have to learn that you can't be a dickhead. Yeah. Because if you're a dickhead or if you're a deke, a deke, if you're a deke, right. Uh, right. You, uh, you, it's just, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. And so I think this is like the crucial age between like three and seven where you really got to try and help them understand what it means to be a good human. Yeah. Because there's that adage of show me a child at seven, I'll show you an adult at 40. And I've never heard that. It's something I heard, like there was an experiment they did years ago where they followed these kids at like seven years old and then they checked in with them at 40. Okay. And it was remarkable how much of the same they were. Kids really? that were like encouraged and like excited to learn and where they went versus kids who didn't have that or whatever. Like they essentially, huh. your personality... Um, is established of who you are and, and sort of like your habits and things like that at that age. And so um, you really want to like yeah. hit the, hit the gas uh, at a certain age to be like, all right, we really have to start forming yeah. good habits. Well, cause part of it too is that, you know, I, I read a comedian once was talking about one of the shitty things about being a parent is like, you're harping on your kid to learn this, to do this, to yeah. do this. And what sucks is eventually they're doing that the way you want to, but because you've moved on to something else, you're trying to teach them. You, you don't even realize that you won. That, right. But right. To say thank you after you get something you're already sitting there like now trying to be like, well, don't fucking break right. shit. The next thing's wrong. But it's yeah. like, they, they're already actually saying thank you. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's obviously a thankless and right. endeavor of just trying to, always be uh, engaged in that and it can get it can get tough at times but. I can I, yeah I, again I can only imagine especially when you've got someone who doesn't the, it's like uh, it's like dealing with something that doesn't apply the the rules of physics don't apply like the rules of logic did not apply that's and so struggle. that's that's got to be the biggest struggle especially yeah. for practical Doug oh I had the other night too she was like she calls me and she's like I'm hot I'm like all right well you sleep with about a thousand blankets so how about we take one of those off and she's like no it's my shirt <laughs> I'm like okay do you want to take off your shirt she's like yeah I'm like all right take off your shirt she takes off her shirt I'm like cool you good she's like no I want a different shirt. I go, that's not how this works. <laughs> she goes, I want the kitty shirt. I go, okay, time out. Are you hot? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's putting on another shirt going to do for you? Especially one that has kitties on it. I want a different one. We can do that tomorrow. It's 930. You should be asleep. I will take a blanket off. Pick which one you want. 
Right. Which one do you want? You can the have the kitty shirt, but it, like, I'm it's putting this up. one back on you. And oh, I put so, the shirt back so on. So no kitty shirt. No. Yeah. I was like, we're not changing pajamas at 9:30 at night. Right. Go the fuck to sleep. Because like, that's because then that becomes the game. And I'm then like, it's that I'm just like, reinforces. No, that. I go tomorrow when we we can put on new stuff and we can do that. It's just like. <laughs> Right. And I was like, you're hot, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to logic my way through. Oh, sure. Yeah. Then you need fewer blankets. You, you were sick. You had a fever. You're probably, okay, take a blanket off. Right. If you want to sleep with your shirt off, that's fine. I don't care. We're not changing your jammies right now. But Let's, this one will make me cooler. No, it won't. Right. So, uh, Jared says, child logic physically hurts me sometimes. And yeah. we're watching this unfold right now, Jared. Yeah, it happens where Natalie will be like, <laughs> she'll ask me something in the car. She'll be like, dad. Uh, I'll just make something up. She's like, Dad, why can't we go? I'm like, because the lights are red. She's like, no. Why can't we go? I'm like, because the lights are red. She's like, no, Dad. Why can't we go? I'm like, because the lights red. That's the law. I didn't write the law, but I know I want to live. She's like, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, because you're driving me nuts. She had that the other night. Jill yelled at her. She goes, I don't like it when you yell at me. It's like, you forced me to do this. I have no options. Oh, wait. So Natalie said that to Jill. I don't like it when you yell at me. <laughs> you re- forced me to do this. I was really proud of her the other night. Apparently, I got her so mad. She put her face in her blankets and goes, <laughs> you make me so angry sometimes. I'm like, really good job of, I literally go, I'm proud of you for saying how you feel. That's right. actually really good. Right. I go, I'm sorry I made you feel that to way. To you. She said that oh, to me. Oh, yeah. I was like, you're vocalizing how you're feeling. Oh, that's good. I go, I'm sorry I made you that mad. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. When you congratulated her uh-huh. on expressing her emotion of anger towards you, mm-hmm. did that just make her more angry? It didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I think she understood that. I was like, and she said in such an adult it way. it just sounds patronizing. It, was, it just sounds patronizing. It was just one of those things where, um, no, guys, I'm not drinking. Thank you. I'm, I'm having a, a Diet Dr. Pepper. Pause for sip. Taste the rainbow. Not the slogan. I'm pretty sure it is. All right. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, I, oh man, there are certain moments in a relationship that I wish I could, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to see that. Yeah. Just to watch her face. Like I can imagine her screaming into the, the blanket and then just, as you say that turn and just go, what did you just say? I literally was like, I was just, I was totally. Hey, I'm proud of you. I was so excited because I'm like, this is a big thing. And she said it in such an adult way. And I was like, oh, In right. such an adult way? Yeah, she says, you make me so angry sometimes. I'm like, wow, that is a full, like, adult sentence <laughs> that I'm not used to hearing from her. I just realized we're talking about Natalie. Yeah. I thought, Jill, you pissed Jill off. No. That's why this whole thing, because mm. you were like, I, I thought you said this happened to Jill the other night. I pissed Jill uh, off and Jill screamed into a blanket. Gotcha. No, see, I was talking about this happened to Jill where Jill got so mad at Natalie that got she it. yelled at Natalie. And then I didn't transition very well. And when I go back and listen to this, it's going to be like, that's where I messed up with the story. That time. or I completely missed no, it. No, I'm just me. saying. Yeah. In my mind, the links happened, but I didn't allow for that bridge it, to get built. So now see so it now, from my perspective where Jill's pissed at you. Yeah. She screams into a blanket. You make me so mad. And, and you, look at her, for you. you look at her and go, I'm so proud that you said that. <laughs> Because I'm just like, did oh, she God. turn and kick you in the nuts? Because she should have. Yeah, she get that. Oof, boy. <laughs> There's this uh, really dumb joke from The Big Bang Theory that we oftentimes uh, will we'll throw back to each other. It's this patronizing thing that this character says to somebody. This person goes, um, hey, I know this thing. And they go, do you know why you know that? They're like, why? Because I just told you. 
And I will do that to Jill. She'd be like, oh, well, I go, do you know why you know that? She goes, don't fucking say it. <laughs> because I just told you. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> she gets really mad. Ah, you got to poke at them sometimes. You got to poke, poke, poke at your loved ones. So speaking of poking at your loved ones. Uh, here we go. Have you heard? Transition. Have you heard about this new technology? This story? Mm. The VR getting put to good use? Hashtag don't like it. Question mark. Hashtag uh, don't like it. There was an article called Mother Plays with Deceased Daughter in VR Simulation. Uh, strap in. This is going to get gross. Woo! Uh, I posted this on our social medias. Had a nice discussion with some folks on Facebook about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I feel like the title says it all, um, other than, you know, some other minor details. But essentially, the crux of it is there was a woman who had, I think, like a seven-year-old daughter. And uh, the daughter died of a very tragic disease. Uh, Uncurable terminal disease. Exactly. And uh, this VR company actually recreated her likeness in VR and actually used some of her voice... Uh, they did like recordings. a voice approximation. Yeah. Exactly, to make her sound like her. And this woman got to enter a VR simulation with her daughter to celebrate her birthday. So she had on the VR goggles, she had on earphones, and she had on haptic gloves so she could actually feel, yeah. touch her daughter, and hug her, and stroke her hair. And yeah. they had a picnic, yes. they played in the park, and they celebrated what would have been her daughter's birthday. Yeah, and it's... Um, I couldn't bring myself to actually watch the footage of it. I because, watched it. Um, you know, they talk about have, having to have the habit of having a how having a kid <laughs> will change how you feel about certain things. Yes. This is one of those things where I'm like, I don't think I could watch that. Sure. And I watched it and I felt heartbroken. I'm yeah. sure it would be completely different if I was in uh, your situation. I was like, Ugh. so. Um, so this technology exists now. And my first thing is I'll say is we're not where we probably, I use the word need here very loosely. We're not where we need to be with this technology yet because it still looks like you're in a computer game in my, for my approximation. Absolutely. But I'm terrified about where we can go with this. Well, I'll say this to that. It doesn't matter if we're there or not yet. This is wrong. (laughs) This is Flat out wrong. I think this will get scarier oh, the more real it gets. And if any of you have watched Black Mirror, there is an episode of Black Mirror that is startlingly similar to right. this situation where someone loses a loved one <clears throat> and there's this experimental technology where she, this woman is chatting with her loved one and the, it, it assumes it does an algorithm, studies their social media patterns and is able to approximate what they would say. And then they modulate a voice using phone calls so she can talk to him. And then they get a physical being and it comes to life. And it's this using the same thing. Like right. it has a voice. It can, it looks like him and does whatever. We've talked, we talked a little it bit about it. can get hot on command. Like, yep. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit about like uh, if you downloaded your consciousness or, or something like that, like would, yeah. is that still you? Is that still that person? But uh, someone asked, what was she hugging? Uh, it, if you watch the video, she's hugging literally nothing. Like she's, she's the, the haptic gloves. She, uh, like she put her hands on her daughter's shoulders mm-hmm. and she was running her hands through her daughter's hair. So I'm assuming that because of the, the, um, the gloves that they, she could feel Something. the strands of her daughter's hair kind of like 
wisping across the fingers with all the different uh, haptic points, uh, the points on there. Mm-hmm. It's it, watch the video. We ha- uh, go to our Facebook page. Uh, did you post it to Twitter too? I did. All right, so yeah, so go to any of the social media. There's a link there, and they've got it's. There's no audio. I find that out the hard way. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a there's a. It shows her. In a green screen, and there's part of the video that shows her just in the green screen, and then it cuts to just a camera of her in the green screen, and then it cuts to her in the actual VR world, and then it cuts to what she's actually seeing and her yeah. touching her daughter, and she's just you, she's pouring Weeping. tears, just yeah. pouring tears. And then her fucking family is in the studio, and they're sitting back watching her on monitors just crying and, and being like, this is such a sweet moment. It's not a sweet moment. All right, tell me, why is this not a sweet moment? Well, I think if I'm not mistaken, there is, uh, it was this article or another one where they had like a psychologist or psychiatrist, whichever one doesn't prescribe medicine. Uh, a farmer. That one. A farmer cyst. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you for making that joke. God damn it. So, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That caught me. That caught me dead in my tracks. So they had someone weigh in and they said, like, this is terrible for the grieving process. Absolutely not good mentally. Like, as tragic as it is to lose a child, you have to start making steps to, to, to reconcile that with yourself and get through it. This prolongs it because you are not. It's, it's going to leave you with this empty feeling where you're, it, you, you're not actually interacting with your child. You're just not. Yeah. And you're going to keep tricking your brain into thinking, well, one more time, I want to see her one more time. And you're never going to get through the grieving process and be able to get to the other side of, of that sadness. And yeah. it just always lingers there. Now, that being said, would it be, would I be interested? Like I, again, I've never lost a, I've never lost a child. Uh, I, you know, I've lost grandparents. I've lost uh, other members of my family. Lost my keys. Lost my keys. Would uh, would it be interesting to to be able to jump back into VR and see my grandfather again? Sure, it might be interesting, but it would definitely do a number on me. I know for sure that that's not that's not a good way to get through something. Yeah, and like again, like they've had they had a professional talk about this. It's just it's just not healthy. Uh, real quick, I just wanted uh, there was a great joke in here in amidst the sadness. Um, says. Uh, what was she hugging? And Jared goes, she was hugging her own sadness. She hugged James Dean. There it is. <laughs> the guy's getting cast in everything now. Everything. Oh, my God. Um, so my thing on this is, it's funny because there was an episode of this, something like this, back in the 90s. I can't remember what it was on, if it was like an Outer Limits episode or something. The reason why I watched it is because there was sex in it, and I wanted to see some Nice. Movies. And essentially what it was, it's exactly what we're talking about in the sense of a guy lost his wife or his girlfriend or something. There's a VR thing. He would go in there and he would just spend all the time with right, her. Right. And in the VR world, he would eat or eat with her or whatever. I remember there's a the part where he comes out and the guy's like, dude, we should get some lunch. He's like, no, I just ate with Aaron. He's like, no, you didn't. Right. You did in there, but you didn't actually eat anything. You need to eat. He's like, I'm full. He's like, no, you're not. And this guy was like in there having sex with her and everything like that. But he was wasting away because he was spending all of his time in there. Sure. And that was years ago yeah. that that concept of that, you know, came came around. And for me, um, I asked Jill about this because she had, ooh, excuse me, that was yeah. super professional. You're, 
the consummate professionalism that ex- that just kind of oozes out of your pores. Uh-huh. Uh, it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. You all are welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. This burp brought to you by Halal Guys there and Dr. Pepper. All right. Yeah. Taste the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Uh, Jill, Jill goes, so you're going to ask me about that thing that you posted? I was like, which one? She's like, the VR thing. I'm like, ah. Do, do I want do to? Do you want to? Right. She said that, surprisingly to me, she goes, a part of me thinks I would need to do that. And I'm like. She would need to do it. need to do it. Very interesting. I go. Very interesting take. I go, my concern is that if for me, if I break that seal, I'm afraid of what um, addiction would come from that, the, the need to do it. And I don't. Again, it wouldn't be as important to me with this because I'm like, this is obviously a computer-generated thing, and yeah, I can hear some modulated voice of some sort, but it's not going to do it. If you put something in and it's like the Matrix mm-hmm. and I'm in there, uh, that's something where I'm like, I don't think I need to know that right. that exists because <clears throat> I don't want <clears throat> that. I think that is a that is a path to madness, and it's Absolutely. something that I agree with the pharmacist, the pharmacist on right. this one in that. Um, this is not good for the grieving process. All it's going to do in my mind is reopen wounds. Absolutely. And yeah. any progress that you've made, um, I suppose it probably depends on the person. I don't think it's good to make a blanket statement of like, this is not good for anybody. Maybe this is like the final thing someone needs to do to say goodbye. And then they move on uh, or whatever. I, I don't still know. still say that that I think it's dangerous. <laughs> well, I, th- I think what we're doing is we're on the this. This to me is the closest we've been to the precipice of like creating life. Mm-hmm. We're like playing God, if you will, yeah. where I'm just like, like, it's not life. And, and obviously it's, it's still a computer simulation. And sure, we've cloned, we've created life in that regard. But this is something where I, have you ever been in a, in a VR simulation yes. or, or? Well, anything? it's it's been a while and it was years ago. Right. So I would love to try it again. Recently, uh, I, I got the chance to play a VR game. And I have to say, while yes, I was still blatantly in a computer game and it was not one of the higher end models or games or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was still amazing that like when I looked down and I was on the edge of something, I got that feeling in my stomach yeah. of like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, wait, dude, you're on, you're on solid ground. You're fine. Like I had to keep telling myself. So I, it's, I think. It, it again mentally, I, I I would be comfortable making the blanket statement that I do not think that that this would be a good. This is not a good door to open. I agree. It, I mean, also to VR in some sense, they have those games where it's called like walking on the ledge. Yeah, and it's like you walk out on a ledge on top of a building. There's helicopters coming by, and you're just supposed to. And people, I've watched videos of people doing that, and they're freaking out. Yes, because like I'm gonna fall. It just seems so. It's, it's again, you, it's immersive. It's only gonna get more right, uh, more better. It's gonna get more better. Um, it's gonna get more defined. It's gonna get to the point where it's more realistic. And um, I don't know, man. I, I VR for that reason, I don't think it's a good use of it. And right. um, I think Ichoyo Seven said it. Uh, he he wrote it here. He goes, uh, uh, "This is just tragic and stupid." Our close friends just passed the three year mark. This past Sunday, of when their infant son died, Jeez. they still cope with the loss, but celebrate his life in healthy ways. How the heck can a fake experience be healthy? It would feel—I feel like it would undo years of learning to let go and grieving. It's just a trick. Yeah. And then Water Speech says, "Right, are we supposed to say goodbye? Are we supposed to avoid pain?" I agree. Like- and that—that's why I think for like, and while I, I look, someone may like Jill, someone like her may need to. Maybe that is part of her. Maybe it is psychologically and like 
it's like one medicine does like everyone's body reacts different to medicine. Maybe, maybe mentally it, it would be different for some people. I just have to assume with my, you know, vast, you know, uh, breadth of, of, of psychological knowledge, uh, that I would, that it, it, it would be a very slippery slope for any, any mental capacity. It just, yeah. to that end, you're not grieving. You're not getting past it. You're living in it. I'm wondering you know? if you could prescribe this in kind of doses, like depending on what's happened. Like, let's say part of the grieving process is you never got to say goodbye, right? Something sudden happens. Sure. And that sense of like, God, I need to say goodbye. And maybe they have like five sessions. And each session it's programmed so that by the last one, the child is actually saying goodbye to you in the environment or whatever. The loved one is like, yeah. hey, I've got to go. Yeah. You know, this is our last session, you know, whatever. And, and that way it kind of allows you to like spend that time and actually engage and then say your goodbye. Whereas with this, it seems like it was a debilitating disease, which sucks. Right. You know, again, I'm making huge assumptions here, but I'm assuming that they all witnessed as it happened. And then this is just... I wish I had more time for a situation, which right. that's what all this is. Right? I mean, even with the saying goodbye, agreed. Like, that's still I want more time. I want more time, but I feel yeah. like maybe in that specific situation, because it's something that happened, and maybe you weren't there, or it was just like whatever, and you didn't get a chance. Like, say you were um, out of town, and then your dad passed away, or whatever, and you're like, oh my god, I, I I couldn't, I just couldn't be there. Right at the end, and maybe it's something where you have a couple of sessions where it allows you to actually say goodbye. It kind of allows you to come to terms. Because I think maybe in some respect, that aspect would just stick on you where like, I never got a chance to say the things that I needed to say. True. And maybe that could help. And and, and maybe, yeah, I, I suppose in a, in a purely like for yourself, a purely cathartic way, just to be able to get out those things. But you, again, you're not saying goodbye to that person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could easily just, close your eyes and pray mm -hmm. and say goodbye to them in, in that way or so, or, yeah. or visit the graveyard and, and talk to them, like talk to the spirit of them or, or whatever it is that you believe it's, it's, I, I've, I, I, I have to keep going back to like, even when you're saying goodbye, you're saying goodbye to something that someone programmed to respond back to you. Mm -hmm. And so you're really not saying goodbye to that. I agree. This is the whole, person. it's not James Dean thing all over again. Yeah, exactly. And again, yeah. maybe it's a situation where we get to the black mirror level where, because it's the algorithm has studied so much about this person sure. and what they posted that they can pretty much to like the 95th percentile say and respond in a way that the person can. And that is maybe what does it in its current state. No, like this yes. person is going to, Wait, what? <laughs> right. You, huh? Yeah. yeah. This 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 current state is like this is programmed to do certain like the daughter was programmed, I'm sure, to go and do different different things and have the picnic at, at certain points it was triggered to do different things. Right. Whereas if it was programmed to a state of cool, you can literally be like, Hey, dad. And I'm like, what's up, Justin? And you're like, what's the next line? It's like, uh, what do you mean? What's the next line? You're yeah. Like, oh, where it could actually have the, could the actually, AI was built in enough to where you yeah. could actually have a moment to do that. Again, still think that's risky, but I could understand a scenario where that <sighs> could be helpful. Yeah. I, um, I maybe again, it's just a personal thing. Cause I just, for me, I don't see where that would be helpful. I'd yeah. have, a, I'd have a hard time. I still would want to do it. Right. <laughs> even if it were, even if it were so real looking, I still would know like this person's gone. Yeah. I'm not I'm not actually saying goodbye to this person and I may as well get used to the fact because there I have to feel like there there would always be that that even though you're getting to say goodbye and if you didn't do that there would still be this gnawing thing like you said in the back of like I didn't get to say goodbye e even if you did get to say goodbye to this VR simulation 
would there not be, for me, I still feel like there'd be that gnawing sensation in the back of my head saying, mm-hmm. you really didn't get to ever say goodbye. Mm-hmm. So I would rather, ju- instead of prolonging that, mm-hmm. I'd rather just get get to the get to the meat and potatoes of the grief and the sadness and the despair and, and, and try to power through that and find my way out through the other side. Yeah, no, I Instead agree. Of, I feel like that's almost just like extending it and dragging it yeah. out. Yeah, I think it's like very specific scenarios when that, again, I'm in the same boat as you. You know, one of my best friends died when I was 25. Sure. And what I would have loved to have another five 30-minute sessions with a real live version of him, of course, but... I don't think any computer is really going to replicate Jeff right. and all of his glory right. and all of his sarcasm and his shenanigans. You don't no think way. the government has stuff on <laughs> that they could? That he he's around. He's he's here. Yeah. Um, there's there's no way that that didn't help because th- for me in that situation, Jill grappled with his death differently than mine because she had a hard time dealing with the fact of like why him. Sure. Right. She's like, how come he is gone? But there's other people, there's other shit people out right. there that are still around. And she had a hard time reconciling Why that chaos. Why did the good chaos. die young? Yeah. And for me, it was just like, I miss my friend. Right. And I was like, I can't battle with the existential part of like, why him and why not someone else? And then for me, it was just like, he's gone. And and those are, those are the things where I think I'm more at peace with the chaos of the world than I am with a lot of other things like I there's a lot of situations where I understand why people turn to religion and things like that cuz they're like I need someone to answer this for me and there's answers in the vague you know of like right. well the god has a plan it's like okay you know and then the people find solace in that and that's okay if that helps people heal whatever for me I'm like this world's full of chaos mm-hmm. and that's a scary thing to look at and oh, be yeah. like yeah at any point in time <laughs> gone right. that's what happens right but cuz we want to believe egocentrically that we are important. We have a purpose. We have a mission. We have this thing we have to accomplish. We're the hero of our story. Right. And when other people go, they're like, what? That doesn't follow the script. Right. It's like, I know. And it's well, terrifying. I, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of people, and you know, take it for what it is and like them or not, but I think a lot of people had that same uh, feeling when, when Kobe passed. Oh, 100%. And I did, I'm not, I, it's, it's very well known. I'm not a sports fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about it. Uh, he was enough of a pop culture influence that I very much knew what he was up to and who he was and about and everything. Like you didn't have to be a basketball fan to, to have for Kobe Bryant to be in your cultural, you know, lexicon. Right. But, uh, I think when he died, something hit in me again, his personal life aside, something hit where I was just like, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. And I had that exact thought where I was like, wait a second, that's, this isn't he. No, it wasn't right. It it wasn't the time It, it wasn't, we go to a deli and pull a number. His his ticket hadn't been called yet. It was it was very weird, and it had, it pulled me out of that moment for a minute. No, I know what you mean because like it. I don't I don't follow NBA. Yeah, I never really have. But when I heard that his, of his sudden death, like I was playing games with my brother, and he's like, "Dude, Kobe Bryant died." And we both were like, "Whoa, that's crazy." I think part of it's the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just tragic. You're like, and wait a second. Daughters yeah, with daughter him. Too. Just yeah. like, oh fuck, it's awful. Um. But that was something, too, where, I mean, I was actually at work the other day, and I was in one of the common areas, and I heard this guy on the phone, and he was telling his friend about how Kobe Bryant's death affected him. He's just like, I hear a man at the phone, he's like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, oh, you know me, man, just, I got to get that Mamba mentality, you know, because that's something that he would yeah. say. In, the Black Mamba. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's like, just essentially, like, you got to go get it every day. You got to go get it. Right. He's like, he goes, man, 
someone told me that you know he's dead. I was like, bullshit. And he's like, corroborate that shit. He goes like, if 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 Sports Center isn't reporting on it, then it didn't happen. Then he goes in like two minutes later, he gets a notification. He was like, fuck. He's like, and I had to go to work. Yeah. He's like, I didn't feel like doing shit that day. He's like, but I got to remember Mamba mentality. Like Kobe Bryant had such a huge impact on, this on him on the idea yeah. of this this thing. And I was like, God damn, that is that's interesting how that happens. And interestingly enough. <laughs> That you bring up Kobe Bryant, segue into something a little, just a little bit of an offshoot here. Are you familiar with Ari Shafir? <laughs> I, yes, I, I know of uh, the comedian Ari Shafir. Yeah, you hear what happened with him and uh, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> uh, no, I did not hear about this. All right, so Ari Shafir has a thing. He's a comedian. He's a bit of a rabble rouser. Uh, and apparently he's done this thing for years that whenever someone of note dies, he puts out a pretty just abrasive tweet about them. Uh, okay. He just basically makes a, a joke sure. about them or whatever. And he's been doing it for years. Okay. Doesn't matter who. Equal Doesn't opportunity matter. offender. He, he like does he it. Go, yeah. And I think his, his explanation for this is, you know, in the moment of this, he's like, I think his thing is like, we're not all good people. And it's something about the the nature of like, I guess being the crux of that, of, of being the, the antithesis of like mourning is like to talk shit about someone. Sure. So he's just done that forever. Sure. Well, apparently he tweeted out with a guy who got away with rape got his today. Uh, that did not get, uh, that was not well received. I can only imagine. Um, it was, he basically uh, got off of all social media and his management dropped him over it. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! A show got canceled. Um, Holy shit! Like he, so he, there's some serious there backlash on this. Serious backlash on this, and I wanted to get your take on it and what you thought. Oh boy! It. Let's talk about a hot take. Let's talk about <laughs> hot take. Justin's hot takes. <laughs> oh man, I wish I had my. We're gonna start streaming in your phone because I have. Uh, I've got the Rap Airhorn app. Oh. <laughs> so we. I need my phone here. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Uh. Wow, boy. <clears throat> I guess I'm of, I mean, I, again, I'm just hearing about this now, so I'm form, formulating opinions in the moment, but you know, it's something that he had been, it's, it's not something new. It's something he'd been doing for a while. Right. So it's not like he was silent through all these celebrity deaths throughout the years. And then all of a sudden he's just mm-hmm. like this one, I'm going to take this motherfucker down. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely like, it was a known bit he did. Yeah. But at the same time, like, yeah. Justin's just massaging the table right now. Yeah. He's like sensually. Um, yeah, at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, it's like you can, I understand like making a joke. Sometimes people joked to as part of the grieving process. Doesn't sound mm. like he's doing that. It sounds like he is just, he admittedly is a rabble rouser. You know, mm. he's, he likes to stir up shit. Yeah. So, uh, at the same time, I'm like, well, you kind of reap what you sow. Yeah. You know, like it's, you, you set yourself, you said something you knew was going to be controversial Sometimes that come. What did you teach Natalie? <laughs> obviously his obviously his parents never picked his clothes out for him as he threw a puzzle as, at their shins. As you, uh, yeah, you know, there's consequences, you know? man. There's consequences. consequences. So I, yeah. I, I, I think that at the end of the day, he made a decision, and it could have gone one of two ways, and it went it went the way he didn't expect, yeah. and there's a consequence to it. Now. Again, whether or not he should have, we can argue free speech. You can, there's so many ways oh, you can argue. Like he's not going to jail over this, right? You know? But again, it is the it is uh, 
It's at their discretion, the management company's discretion, whether or not they keep him as a client. It's at the venue's discretion, whether or not they uh, have him do a show. So, and I'm sure something in the contract says we can at any point in time pull this show, pull your slot. So I I, I would say, uh, you know, it, it's on him. Like it's, it's on, yeah. it's really, it's on Ari. I, I don't think, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that he was, I'm not going to say he was right or wrong for doing it. Personally, I, I, I wouldn't have done it, Yeah, but, and I didn't do it. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was his choice and yeah. he made a choice and he has to suffer. He has to live with the consequences now. Yeah. I, that's where, that's, that's my hot take. I, I, I find it interesting because a lot of comedians like Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer and guys like that were all surprisingly like, did you see that thing that Ari did? Like they were so his all, friends. they were all very much like, yeah, which surprised me because usually comedians, They'll band together. They were yeah. like, whatever, man. If it's funny, say it. Like, they're on board with that. But, but again, water speech, the yeah. joke just wasn't that good. We've yeah. talked about it before. That's if the true. Joke, if the joke kills, if it's undeniably funny, yeah. say it. It's pretty lazy. It's pretty lazy, yeah. you know, to like just... Because I guess, yeah. But that seemed like the... The point of it was just to be a rabble rouser. It was just to incite. Like, yeah. well, a rapist is gone now. Am I right? Right. It's like, okay. Because there were other people who were who were legitimately tweeting, I feel sorry for his victims who have to hear for the next month about how great of a guy their their yeah. abuser was. Yeah. And so like there was real there was real lives affected by, yeah. you know, again, whatever happened in his like whatever happened uh in in court, out of court. I again I didn't follow it enough to know where all of that landed, but it's a very sensitive topic. Yeah. It's an extraordinarily sensitive topic. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where if it's a good joke, then, you know, whatever. But I remember Bert was, it was funny because Bert and Tom were both like, they both go, hey, um, so this tweet is not indicative of who Ari Shafir is. <laughs> They're like we're not we're not saying it was right. cool. They're just saying he's a better guy than what that tweet is. Essentially, right. is what they were saying is like don't don't judge him by this tweet alone. And I think Tom uh, yeah. was even saying how Ari was like he showed him the tweet and Tom was like <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna post that right. He's like okay, good like, luck, pal. Yeah. And um, well, I, I think Ito Seven just goes maybe he'll treat the death of his career with more tact. Uh yeah, you know I it's uh, yeah it's true. Um yeah. it's it's something in that vein of. I, I it's got to be funny, and I don't think anything is out of bounds. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, there's another comedian that really does that sort of stuff. He's quick one-liners. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. No. Sasha Baron Cohen. No. Oh, crap. I'm never going to. Don Rickles. He was great. Wasn't he great? He was great. Uh, King Amin. Fire in the Turning Ward is Anthony Jeselnik. Oh, not a fan. I know you're not a fan. Yeah. I am impressed at how that guy crafts jokes. Okay. <laughs> he has amazing one-liners that always take a left turn, and every single time I'm like, ah, I didn't see that coming. Sure. And <laughs> I'll give him credit in that regard. Yeah. For, from that, from that uh, artist, like the craft of it, yeah. 100%. He, he can lead you down a path, and which is what comedy you don't want the audience to ever get ahead of you yeah. and arrive at the punchline before you get there. Mm -hmm. So he's a master at throwing that curveball. Yeah. I do not agree with some of the curveballs he throws, but <laughs> that's, that's just, that is only a personal totally preference. Totally fair. Right? That's totally a fair. Um, I just remember watching this shit going like, okay, like there's no fat on these jokes. Oh, it no, no, is no. Yeah. timed perfectly. He knows exactly when to pause. It is. Yep. And then he's like, and here's the punchline. Yeah. And it's it like, cuts. Fuck. It cuts. Okay. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Okay. Oh no. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
All right, Shafir, uh, best of luck to you, pal. There you go. Uh, there's another tweet that uh, I did want to talk about. Drew, I saw Drew uh, comment on this uh, earlier this week, and uh, I was like, yeah, that is bullshit, and Drew just brought it up. So uh, the tweet is by from a gentleman named John Miller, and he, uh, do we know Blaze TV? Is that like the place that uh, Tori... Uh, Blaze TV, yeah. yeah. Like that's that that's ultra a, conservative. That's uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking uh, Glenn Beck's, I think. Uh, oh, network. but didn't Glenn go more middle of the road? I don't know. Somehow he disappeared. But what's that girl's name? Tori, Tony, Tony. Uh, 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 fucking Tommy Lauren. Tommy Lauren. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't matter. Fucking anyway, Tommy Lauren. So John Miller, he's a host of uh, the White House Brief. Uh, so he says, Blaze TV host of the White House Brief, and whatever disclaimer I need to put here so that I don't get fired. Um, that's his profile on Twitter. So he tweets uh, on Sunday because uh, Parasite won for Best Picture. So he said a man named uh, Bong Joon Ho wins uh, wins Oscar for Best Original Screenplay over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917. Acceptance speech was quote Great honor, thank you. Then he proceeds to give the rest of his speech in Korean. These people are the destruction of America. <laughs> so uh, few thoughts on that. Uh, John Miller can go fuck himself because he's a, he's a tool. Uh, then he tries to go and defend because everyone was like, you're racist, yada, yada, yada. Uh, he says, these people are obviously not Koreans, but those in Hollywood awarding a foreign film that stokes flames of class warfare over two films I thought were more deserving simply to show how, quote, woke they are. Uh, that should be clear from the rest of what I tweeted about the night's production. Well, I would be interested just to see the rest that he's, of what he's tweeted because I think you The could, rest of his tweets are garbage. Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I wouldn't say I would enjoy reading them. Right. Uh, but I, I'm really big on context with this sort of stuff. Sure. And if it was in the... Because this out of context makes it seem like these people mean Korean people. Absolutely. And you can't assume if you're on Twitter that everyone everyone's going to be following every tweet you've ever put out there. Yeah. You've got to... You've got... To Ari Shafir's stance too. You can't... Assume that everyone knows that this is a bit you do. Well, because the problem here is if he just had the first paragraph, which was a man named Bong Joon-ho wins Oscar for best original screenplay over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 1917 and then has these people are the destruction of America. Okay. But he has the two sentences in there that says acceptance speech was great. Honor, thank you. Then he proceeds to give the rest of the speech in Korean. And then he followed up by these people are the destruction of America. Right. I think it's right. logical for right. us to be like, you don't like foreigners? Right. Like, what are you talking about? And again, let's let's break down his his uh, explanation of this. Yeah. So he says, you know, uh, he was talking about um, those in Hollywood awarding a foreign film that blah, 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 blah. Then why put those other two lines, to your point? Like, those other two lines, this explanation of the tweet does not sync up with what the actual tweet is. Yeah. He's backtracking. Yeah. This is blatant. He's backpedaling and trying to go, oh, I'm not racist. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's the it's the academy that's the issue. Yeah. And so, again, like, I'm sorry that you didn't like Parasite or you thought these other two were more deserving. Then do something so you can join the academy and vote. But right, or otherwise, just shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. again, I, I, I just, and the thing is, too, he he is a South Korean man. The director is. He's from South Korea. The film is a South Korean film. Yeah. Why should he 
You know, like same guy did Snowpiercer, which was not a Korean film. Right. So starring Captain America, (laughs) you know, like I don't know. uh, I don't know. I the Oscars have kind of lost their luster with me over the years, especially when I've learned about like how they fucking vote for it. Yeah. It's about as bad as the Grammys, in my opinion. Um, And so I kind of always take that stuff with a grain of salt. Um, like this is one particular group of people, white people, that are voting for certain stuff without watching the films. Um, so I always take that with a grain of salt. But um, I'm thrilled that something like Parasite won um, because I haven't seen it yet, but I'm fucking fascinated. I've been fascinated ever since I saw the trailer for it. I was like, I want to see this movie. Absolutely. And, you know, for something like... Um, Not Joe- to mention it was historical. It was a historical win. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know... I'm excited about stuff like that, and I'm like, great, fantastic. And so for someone to get this butthurt, the last time I got butthurt over something Mm -hmm. like this was when, uh, you know, uh, The Dark Knight wasn't up for Best Picture in 2008. I was like, how dare you, fuckers. I was like, and fucking, (laughs) and Avatar's up for Best Screenplay? I think we can all agree that that was insane. I was like, what? I was like, Avatar better not win. I mean, that's some horse shit. A uh, couple of notable things about Please. the Oscars real quick before uh, we go on. One of my favorite tweets about the Oscars uh, was, hold for it. If you don't think Batman was at the Oscars tonight hiding in the rafters just in case the real Joker pulled something during Joaquin Phoenix's speech, then my friend, you're stupid. <laughs> From <laughs> at Sam Richardson. I saw that. And I was like, fuck, that's funny. God damn it. That that's is pretty funny. good. Um, yeah, so that was extremely enjoyable. I think, uh, not to, not to belabor this, but I do want to just a a little bit more on, uh, someone, I can't find the tweet now, but someone had did, did say like, you know, if you, let's say you won a, uh, you know, let's say you did something creative and you won an award in South Korea, Mm -hmm. would you go there and deliver your thank you speech completely in Korean? Probably not. You'd probably say, you know, whatever something as simple as thank you very much in that language and then have your translator step yeah. in so you could relay the of message. Course. Yeah. Again, it's one of those, it's just like, dude, what do you, what, what, where is that? Why are you so, someone else goes, uh, and I think this is, this really, to me, this, this cuts to the point. Uh, if I can find it here, imagine living such a charmed life that your biggest fear is Korean screenwriters speaking their native language. I wish I had your problems, man. Yeah. Like again, that's, you get a fucking get a real job, dude. Get also, a real fucking job. Going back to that guy's tweet um, about how it's about class warfare. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, he's like, this movie's about. He's trying to you know backtrack right. on his stuff about like it's, it's it's a movie about class warfare instead of what 1917 World War One film and uh, Tarantino's weird depiction historical fiction on and the uh, Sharon Tate story. I was like. Right. What? Right. Now, again, Grant, I haven't seen either of those. I really want to see 1917. I'll catch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at some point. I'm just not a huge Tarantino fan. Sure. Um, to each their own. Yeah, I'm like, eh, But again, what's wrong with the movie being about class warfare? It eh. is definitely something that is relevant in pop culture, in, in, in not pop culture, in culture today. Well, also That's a discussion being had. Go back to the point you had a couple weeks ago about, you know, the a, a story being interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About how something like Parasite... Seems like a fascinating story, sure. unique story that we don't see every day. Right. I think that should be celebrated. This is the format to celebrate. Now, Absolutely. Marvel is obviously better in its own way. In its own way. Sure. Everyone, chill out, Drew. Um, it's in its own way. And you're going to make Drew's head explode. And this is that. where it's, and Drew, you may notice 
Avengers wasn't up for best picture, so you're welcome. Um, didn't even win best special effects. So I think you're I think you're proving points for him. <laughs> Doug, end it. You're proving points for him. So this is this is the forum for something like Parasite to be celebrated, and its uniqueness should be celebrated. Sure. And you flawlessly uh, merged uh, yeah. uh, uh, thrill, horror, comedy, like yeah. drama, all these different things just woven all together in yeah. one neat little package. Yeah, yeah. and um, when you look at things like, um, interesting point too, Jill brought up, I think she saw some tweets too, like, is it weird that no one from the best picture was nominated for best actor or best actress? or best supporting. Is that strange? And I open that up to Twitter hmm. or Twitch and also our listeners feel free to uh, share your thoughts. Should is it is it strange that the upper half of Doug's facial hair just looks like California? Thank you. Oh my god, it does. <laughs> it does. That's brilliant. Water speech. You uh, win the award of the night. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good I catch. love it. Um <laughs> But is it strange that something could be nominated for Best Picture, yet none of its actors are in there for... Because I think the opposite... How do I want to say this? Like, it makes sense to me that Joaquin Phoenix was up for Best Actor, but the Joker was didn't win necessarily for Best Picture. Sure. Like, I feel like those things could be mutually exclusive. Because yeah, I well, feel like... Here's the, here's the thing. I, I will say that... Not, uh, there's nine bat so mathematically. Now, Doug, this is the only time you're going to hear me argue math. Lay it on me. So sit down. Lay it on me, Einstein. Buckle in <laughs> and get fucking ready. <laughs> um, mathematically speaking, you've got five nominations for best actor, mm -hmm. and you've got nine movies with multiple like mm -hmm. so like it. Okay. I just don't think there's no way that you can take. That's fair. You know, like someone, someone has to be out of the mix. That's okay. I didn't know the math on that. You know what I mean? So nine best pictures and, yeah. uh, well, I guess technically, Brad Pitt was support because I was gonna say some that you could have multiple people considered mm -hmm. with Parasite too. I don't know how you would pick up because there there seems to be from what I've seen there seems to be multiple quote unquote leads. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who you would de yeah. designate as the lead. Yeah. But I don't know. Again, I, it's an interesting conundrum, yeah, right? Because it's can interesting. You, can you have a best picture without having people being celebrated for best actor? I would. Uh, I would. <laughs> I would have thought it even odder if it had won best picture but lost best international film. <laughs> that would have been interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. We didn't like the subtitle font. Math doesn't, <laughs> math doesn't add up. You take your wingdings and yeah, shove it. Shove it. <laughs> Who chose Comic Sans? Really? We've been through this. Shove it! In 1995! Wrong font! It was supposed to be Open Sans! <laughs> open Sans. No serif! Uh, what does it say? It isn't the... Uh, oh, it did win Best Screenplay and Best Director, which is rare. Yeah, and it won something. It won four awards. I can't remember what the other one was for. Uh, best Costume in the Forum Film. Specific category. Specific category. <laughs> best Captionist. <laughs> he best. didn't choose Wingdings. He's good. Best Font. Best, best font. <laughs> uh, isn't it the actors themselves that have to put themselves forward for Best Actor noms? Jared, that's a great question. I don't know. Uh, Drew Jared, and I haven't gotten to this point in our career yet where we connect to that question. Pretty sure people don't volunteer as tribute for uh, Best Actor. So You know what? I, got I volunteer this. as Best Actor. Nope. I know. 
No, no, no. Sacrifice. You, you've done Sacrifice. it too many times to allow me to. Listen, it's my honor. It's my family's honor <laughs> to nominate myself. I volunteer. Pick me, Pick me. If you will. I will reluctantly accept. Oh, what's this? A list of thank yous <laughs> to everyone. How exciting. Uh, you're probably the wrong person to ask this of because do you don't watch it. But uh, political uh, addressing political statements. Oh, dude. If in, in thank you speeches. If there's one thing I, I definitely don't stand for, if I happen to come across an award show, it's like, who won? Mute. Like, I don't <laughs> want to hear anything that anyone has to say about anything. Really? Don't want to hear thank yous. There's some funny ones. Done. I'm sure they're great. And I'll get the, I'll, I'll read about them the next day. I'll read the tweets. I'll read them because I'm just like, I mean, if, if the funniest shit I comes from. I looked at from, John Miller to summarize what everyone said. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, Taika Watiti is fucking hilarious. That's Did you great. See, yeah. You see that thing of uh, Brie Larson shot of him where he was in the crowd and he was like shoving He's his Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he looked at her like, "What are you fucking fucking right. do?" You know, like, "I want this." Like, <laughs> well, he also as he's holding, he's like, "This one's light. Why is this one light?" <laughs> he's so fucking hilarious. He's I love really that guy. funny. Yeah, he's the best. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't care. The problem is that a lot of those folks. I shouldn't say a lot. There's a select few. Like Joaquin Phoenix is a phenomenal actor, but he's kind of a weird dude. Well, that's the thing I think is interesting with him is it looks like he's more comfortable being a character than it is being Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. It, like it's painful for him. You to remember be that, that himself, the thing he did for a documentary where like he was oh. going around like playing where, a character. Well, where he retired, like basically like he retired from mm -hmm. acting and was doing the music thing and mm -hmm. he was a rapper. Yeah. And it was a year long like yeah. uh, stunt for this film. Yeah. yeah. Was it while while you were here or something like that? No. Are you say we my name? Say here. my name. <laughs> When no one is around you, say, baby, I love you. Yeah. And it's, it's, if you went running games. Yeah. In yeah. parentheses. Right. <laughs> Part two. Um, but I think, uh, I, I just don't, I mean, the thing is, um, part of the problem with that stuff is that uh, for better or worse, agree with it or not, uh, people have a hard time with Hollywood and people yeah. love thinking a lot of those folks <clears throat> have their head up their ass. Sure. And for someone who's uh, in a, tens of thousand dollars, maybe hundreds of thousand dollar uh, suit or gown, uh, getting these wonderful gift bags that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, we have to we have to care about the earth. Vote. It's like, okay, pal, get off the stage. Like, and go eat your caviar or what you're doing. It just come, it comes off as a it little bit hollow. That, yeah. Um, and not to say that <clears throat> they, they don't mean it. I mean, they can. You can exist. But the yeah. problem is that there's a lot of that stuff. There's There's a reputation for it. And a lot of people just don't take it seriously. Part of it is it's perpetuated by guys like what? Uh, Douchebag Miller, who's like the Hollywood sycophants. I'm like, yeah, there's some truth to it. But guys like him just make it seem worse. We're Absolutely. Like, Hollywood's yeah. ramming. I'm using this word specifically. The homo agenda right down your throats or your butts. However you want to look at it. Right. And they just say that they're perpetuating whatever they're doing. And I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, it depends on who it is, I guess, actor-wise. Yeah. There's some people I'm like, fuck yeah. And there's other people I'm like, just stop. Yeah. Just call it, man. Well, there's, Hague had an interesting, he brought this up to me the other day. He asked, because uh, he asked how I felt about it. And he said, his whole thing is, don't, don't take 20, what are you going to tell me in 20 seconds? Yeah. Or 45 seconds? Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to change the world. Also, uh, he's like, you're speaking to a room full of people who are also mostly left-leaning. Mm -hmm. And you're speaking to people, an audience watching who's probably mostly left-leaning as well. Mm -hmm. He goes, 
the next day, the Republican, uh, all the conservative outlets are going to go, Hollywood pushing their agenda again, just like we just talked about. So mm-hmm. he goes, you're you're preaching, you're essentially preaching to the choir yeah. in a 45 second window. Yeah. Well, how you much know, are you going to get done with it? He goes, if you want. And I, so to that, I said, I agree, but I do also think that there's something important to be said about repetition breeds recognition. Yeah. So like, if you keep, you've got to, if you're going to be a, an advocate for something, you've got to take every opportunity to talk about it. What yeah. he did, what we did agree on is he said that, if you if they have this if they want to do something, go stump for your uh, for yes, your candidate exactly or go stump for your cause. Get out there and then be and a lot of them do. Yeah, it's just they bring that to the award show as well. So I personally I don't care if it gets very heavy handed. I'm like, this is an award show. But yeah. if someone at the end says and don't forget get out and vote, I'm fine with that. Well, it's I, a, I don't care because I get it. it's a platform, right? It's it's a, platform. it's, it's a large platform. Yes, uh, where people have I say a, ha- use it. They have a moment to speak, yeah. do it, but do it in an effective way, and that's the challenging part. It's like writing a good tweet. You know, it's like you got to do it right. Yeah. You got to do it right while you have the stage. So, all right, as we're sort of uh, winding down here, I want to. There's an important question before we get into let's that. do it, uh, and this actually could lead into what you mm. want to talk about in the minute here. Okay, uh, so Water Speech wants to know. Uh, is uh, has Doug? Have you tried caramelizing your onions before trying them? Fuck off! Fuck it off, might, all you guys! It might taste different. Fuck all you guys! It's caramelized and your caramelized onions. Caramelized horseshit! I don't need it. I don't want it. Yes, I've tried it, and no, I don't like it. All right, you guys, can take your onions and I, you keep them. So when you go to the store, then you don't buy onions. No. Okay. Why? If you were to buy them, would you bag them yourself? No. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for you leaving like me to- there. Sorry, I'm like, where are we going with this? Come on, man. I was like, oh, the minute, right. So, the minute. So, in case we've kind of been kind of half-assed with this, mostly me. The minute is a segment where we want to take something very quick. Right. Uh, we would love it if it came from listeners, from Twitch folks on social media. Send us either a an audio, a video, or uh, something in text that you think within one minute you can Give us your hot take, mm-hmm. and we'll chat about it real quick. Right. I want to get your perspective on it. Like Sam Cooke had one about uh, the Irishman and, and Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and that he felt that they uh, were um, just Under, basically overrated actors. Essentially yeah. the same character in every right. movie. So that was like a nice example. Uh, mine for this week is... I- impromptu theme for the segment? Yeah. In a mind gap minute. Ooh. Ah! I'm done. Uh, You're welcome. I love it. It's so good. Uh, so my 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 thing is uh, I'm not bagging my groceries at the at the grocery store. Done. This has been a this, this has been, been 15 mind seconds. Mind gap minute. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I was at the grocery store the other day and um, weirdest thing happens. <laughs> They're on onions thing? now. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. It's off. turned into an onion chat. Fuck off, you guys. We're not <laughs> talking about onions. Uh, so I was at the grocery store and the weirdest thing happened, which is um, I go to check out and there's just a cashier just sitting there waiting. No one there. And, and what's, like, what what store? Do, can you mention the store? At the Jewels Osco. All right. Um, I love when people call it the Jewels. The Jewels. The Jewels. Yes. Um, so I'm like, well, this is what a lucky day I have. So I go over and I'm like, this person's just waiting for someone to come. I'm like, here I go. And then all of a sudden I realized there's no bagger. And I was like, I'm not doing it. Now, you know? was there a carousel? Because some no. of the some of the ones have like a, 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 a carousel. It's like mm-hmm. with bags and three sides. And it, it turns and you can bag and they can bag. And some of them have that bagging thing right at like the far end. Is that what this one was? Doesn't matter what it is. I'm not doing it. I just want to see what your setup it was, was. Not a carousel. Okay. It was your traditional so you checkout. Would, you would have had to have round the corner to the end of the thing 
and start bagging from there. All right, let me hear the rest. So um, I, I'm a team player. You know this. I do. You yes and, man. I yes and, but where I will say no and never is I will never bag my own groceries because I'm like, hey, man, uh, this is not my job. Like, I won't do it. And so I did all this sort of stuff, and the lady was, like, checking all my stuff, and then she, she runs my car, and then she just, like, slowly – she almost looks at me kind of like, you're not going to help me? And I'm just like, no. I'm just sitting there staring, and she's just like – You guys smell that? I smell white privilege. <laughs> and she's that? just like – she comes around the end and, like, starts bagging, and I'm like, mm-hmm, that's right. People behind me, I'm looking at them, I'm like, I've seen all of you other people do this. You go and help. I'm not doing it. I'm not bagging my own fucking wow. groceries. If I want to bag my own, hard if I want to bag my own groceries, I'll go through the self checkout. I'll do it there by myself. But no, I went to the checker because I want you to do it. I want you to bag my groceries. That's why I'm in this line. And while you're doing it, I want you to look me in the eyes. Mm. Do not break eye contact I'm just with like, me. This is how it is. So I can come. Because conversely, when people are standing in the checkout line with two things, I rage inside. I'm like, go to the self checkout. Save yourself. Just go. It'll go beep, beep, and you're done. I adore, adore how much you want the world to revolve around your set of rules. Yeah. I love it. Why is there a self-checkout if you have two things and you don't use it? It's not like you have alcohol and you're like, well, I got, someone's got to do it anyway, or I have this, I have to weigh it or whatever. I love how practical you are. You have two things and you're standing and you're waiting. I'm like, you could be God. I wish I was you. I I get excited. I get thrilled when I get an opportunity to use the self-checkout. I'm like, fuck yes. I'm just going to go boop, boop, pay and go. I don't have to talk to anybody. Fuck yes. Count me in. That has been the mind (laughs) Go. I was gonna wind him up and just listen. Tell me your thoughts. More I've, thoughts on I've, Joel. I've been. I could not <laughs> wait to talk about that. And in that moment, part of me, like usually, this is where I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm holding up the line." Oh, this. I'm like, "No, I'm done feeling this way about bagging my groceries." You bag it. That's interesting. That that's the hill you want to die on. That is. That's it's the just. Hill. It's just interesting. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's. It's just interesting that you've got such strong opinions on that. One very kind of arbitrary thing. I wouldn't say it's arbitrary. I'd say it's a part of our everyday lives. So it's, I get a lot of social anxiety when I go to check out yeah. and things like that. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to check out now. I hope I do this right. I hope I don't make anybody mad. I hope I put the divider up. Oh, my God, what if my car does? I just get these insane Interesting. things in my head. That's fascinating. And it's just like, oh, my God. I hope it, and it, I have this sigh of relief. I'm like, I can finally leave now. <laughs> We should send you, we should, there's a VR simulation that you can go oh, through. Great. It's called bagging it's your called groceries. Bagging groceries. Like it will help you process this feeling. It's called going to getting groceries. It's called just, at the jewels. It's just called checkout. It's called checkout. It's, uh, checkout at the jewels. I'm just like. <laughs> See, now conversely, I, I have no problem. Uh, bag. There, the, part, the times when I, I have tried to help bag and I've been given the stink eye because I've been trying to help and they're like, Fucking our, you're fucking our mojo up over here. And I'm just like, well, s- fuck me. I'm sorry that I was trying to help. But typically we'll bring our, our own bags. And Same. It's just easier. Like as they're scanning it, I'll just start throwing shit in. Well, that's the that's, thing. that's to me, that's how you don't hold up the line. Yeah. But well, part of it is just like when I went to London when I was 19, uh, I went to go get groceries and that's what you do there at the grocery stores. You bag, your you own bag shit. your own shit. Same as Aldi. And it was like, and it was an intense supermarket. And I was like, oh, I'm staying in line. I'm like, Oh my God, we have to bag our own stuff. Intense. Like they had like Germans. They like, just like, ah! 
That's how they You're talk. T- You're taking too long. Take, Move the line. Take the bags and go. Move the line now. And I'm like, oh my God, because you're like putting your stuff up and they're scanning it and your shit's just flying to the end. And no I'm like, shit. I can't bag it yet. <laughs> I can't. Hold on. They're like, nah. And they're like, oh my God, it's pounds. I don't know. Is it a lot? Am I getting a deal? Am I getting ripped Here's off? Here's monies. Fanta. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> And then I'm like just shoving shit in bags and they're like, come on. They're already throwing someone else's shit down there. I'm like, oh my God, everyone just chill. Your shit's going to get mixed up if you don't stop bagging, 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 bagging. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like boot camp. Yeah, it was intense. It was very intense. I had a a hard time. Uh, Yeah, here we go. Look at that. Uh, Cashiers have always bagged here. We don't have bag people. See? American privilege. That's from Jared Urbis down in Australia. So... Wait, a dull moment uh, wait until wait, we don't have cashiers okay, yeah. So the cashiers are making minimum wage. They do not get paid to bag your shit. It's not their fault their manager didn't hire enough people to bag your shit. Uh, agreed, but how many times do you work in customer service and shit doesn't go your way? Drew, we shared our time at a shitty hotel, man. This here's the thing. This is this and Marvel. This is where Drew comes back on the podcast. <laughs> We will pull these two. We will pull these two topics back up. Because here's the thing, Drew, you're not wrong. In fact, the woman was back when she was finishing up. She goes, "Do you know anyone that wants to be a bagger? Because we desperately need people to come over here and bag." Maybe she was. That was her passive aggressive way of saying "fuck you" to you. Could be. I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, yeah. I was like, she's like, seriously, if you know anyone, send them. She's like, we just never have enough baggers. So I agree with Drew. Like, it sucks to be the cashier that doesn't have a bagger. Yeah. I don't like going to a line that doesn't have a bagger. Right. It sucks because I'm like, fuck. Now this person's going to have to do it because I ain't doing it. <laughs> wow. I'm learning I'm so much about you. I'm also a terrible bagger because I'll just throw shit and in. a terrible human. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, put that up on the poll. It's like a bad human for not bagging his own groceries. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it now. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, do you, So when you look for a checkout line, do you do you kind of scan through to find the ones that are the, the lowest line that have a ba- that are properly staffed, uh, they have a cashier that looks like you're not going to have an issue when you get up to the uh, the front of the line. Like, is are all those things considerations that you take? Um, I I prefer one that has a. It's obviously the priority goes uh, shortest line followed by bagger. Okay, so like that's and sometimes the third one is like, do I know the cashier? Or are they going to be annoying? Because one time I was going and this this. <laughs> Someone just goes out of nowhere. We're just doing stuff, whatever. She's like, you seen that new Rambo movie? I was like. <laughs> I'm, I can imagine you looking up and going, nope, not I doing go, this. I go. Not doing this. I go, no, is it, uh, is it any good? She goes, I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> and you said, do you want to be on Mind Gap? Because <laughs> you, you have the credentials. Because well, I think she said something. She made some sort of qualification for it. Like, like I think she said before anything, like, I, I, it's. It's good. I'm like, oh yeah, is it good? She goes, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm like, but you just, I'm so confused. It was so random, just out of nowhere. She's like, you seen that new Rambo movie? I'm like, no, yeah. no. Nine. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Nine and a half out of ten times, I will. I will go to the self checkout line. Oh yeah, personally, mm-hmm. even if I have a cart full of stuff, I will go to the self checkout line because mad respect. I feel I'm like, and here, and I, I've had this debate with people too, where they're like. That's just taking jobs. That's automating something. They're taking someone's job. I understand that. But I can I can knock that shit out pretty fucking quick. I've worked the cash register. I've worked retail. I know I know the game, and I can get that shit done. You know what? To Drew's point, I'm helping them out. 
because they don't have a bagger. It's true. I'm doing it myself. You're doing it yourself. <laughs> um, well, there. So, guys, uh, please take the poll and uh, <laughs> let us know uh, if Doug's a horrible human being for not bagging. I was obviously joking when I said that, but uh, it should make for a good poll. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know who else doesn't bag? <laughs> Who's that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I had something. <laughs> you took a shot. I did. You're right. I was like, something's, I'm going to say this and something's going to come. Nothing came. Nope. Uh, that's what she said. So yeah. uh, today's throwdown was uh, given to us by, I think this was suggested by Haig. I'm not 100% sure. But um, we're taking two of the uh, most... Um, Legendary people in Hollywood, we'll say. Legendary. Legendary. We're going to take, we're doing Bill Murray yes. versus Tom Hanks. Yes. And now his qualification was they're competing to the death to see who you get to hang out with. I don't know if I fully follow that throwdown so logic. So whoever wins, we get to hang out with them? They they want to kill the other person so you can hang out with, the, with them. The, I feel with like the that's a weird qualification. Because they're both so nice? Question mark? I mean, Tom Hanks is Bill Murray is just legendary. I'm just gonna for like fucking around. Snip that last part off. We're yeah. gonna pretend that it never happened. Bill Murray versus Tom Hanks. Let's do that. Yeah. Well, now, so both of these people are known for having a lot of fun and fucking with their fans for and having a lot of bodies, a lot of bodies buried in, in their places, right? That only they know. About. Don't open their freezer. No, nope. you will find parts. There's at least a toe or two in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. It goes good on ice cream. It does. It's right in there with the mini hot dog. That's right. Uh, so. Um, I, I think they both have a mischievous side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Murray's mischievous side may outweigh Hanks's mischievous side. I think Murray's murderousness probably outweighs. You Tom think Hanks. so? I mean, Bill Murray survived a divorce, so I mean, there you go. When he was filming Groundhog Day, I mean, that was kind of a horrible time for him to do that movie. Did he get a divorce? I'm pretty that? sure he was getting divorced. I read divorced. the book, and I don't remember that being mentioned. God damn it, Justin. You sure you read a book? I'm. I remember. God, that was. I felt horrible coming out of my mouth. No, you're not wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You're not wrong. Uh, I've read one book in two years, so you're not wrong, and it was that one. Um, <laughs> I'm dumb. Um, uh, he might have gone through a divorce. I don't know. I mean, he, no, he definitely got a divorce. When gotcha. I have no idea. But, I, I could have sworn I remember hearing that that. Maybe he was having trouble in his marriage at that time, but undoubtedly that 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 movie was tough for him and actually led to Harold Ramis and him having issues like amongst other things. So I feel like that guy has survived that. He's very quirky and he seems like the kind of guy that you would come in and for no reason, unbeknownst to him that there would be a throwdown, would have a bomb strapped to his chest. (laughs) Or at least a crowbar in his pants. 100%. Yeah, like he he's would have, coming with a tire iron. He has some sort of unusual yet effective weapon on him at all times. At all times. Even if nothing more than a golf club, yeah. which we know he has uh, on him quite often. And I think that he would come off as so erratic that it would rattle Tom Hanks. Now, Tom Hanks... See, I think Tom could keep his cool, though. I don't think it would rattle him. Well, I mean... And it's unfair, because I look at Tom like, Tom has lived the storied American life. Look at him. Also, White, happy. <laughs> accurate. <laughs> accurate. Accurate. Things. Accurate things. Uh, I, I just I look at Tom and I, I say, there's a man that nothing shakes him. He is he could easily just kind of snap his fingers and have an army behind him. Uh so I mean, no matter where he is, he has allies. Well, what army's gonna win? Bill Murray's army or Tom Hanks' army? Yeah, but could Murray the thing is 
if Murray's army is anything like him, he'd have to leave a message on some random answering machine for them, and they may or may not show up for well, If they show up, they're like Mad Max sure. people. But it's like a 50... <laughs> that's accurate, but it's a 50-50. But I'm saying one of them is probably worth at least three or four of Tom Hanks. But Tom Hanks's are guaranteed but Tom to be Hanks there. sends a typewriter, typewritten right. letter to everyone so they know, they show up. And he says, T. Hanks, thanks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag GIF. I think... Podcast uh, GIF. I really think Murray's going to pull this one out. Just his his unpredictable nature okay. would allow him to... I think you bring up a good point about Tom Hanks in that not much would surprise him, but what would is what's in Bill Murray's back. That's well, what he has. I also think Bill Murray could go, oh, Tom, a fan. And Tom would turn his back for a moment because he's that nice. And that would be the. Then and that's Murray, when Murray just Bill strikes. Murray just keeps turning his Tom Hanks head around until it snaps. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to use the force. <laughs> He's going, go with it. He's going, going, gone. Yes, and you're um, dead. Yeah. And I then would, he would whisper to someone nearby. He goes, "You never believe it. No one will believe you. it was me." And then run off. Like <laughs> no one will believe that you saw Bill Murray murder Tom Hanks. Because you're dead too. Snap. And then he goes in a <laughs> killing spree and just kills like 50 people. Yeah. Because everyone who saw him do it, he's got to murder them. He does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until the last person in the area. And then he walks away and goes, no one, really, no one will ever believe this. They'll never believe you. And then skips away into the sunset. Yep. Yep. Singing tra-la-la-la-la. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yep. So, Bill Murray for the win! Do, Sorry, T. Hanks. Do, 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 do. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Well... That was interesting. Justin. Yep, Doug. What do you have to recommend for this? <clears throat> I've been busy. I've All been right. watching shit. Uh, I don't know. Did I recommend? I can't remember last week if I recommended Marriage Story. You did. I did. Okay. So uh, then I won't recommend it again. Uh, Thank Christ. I started started watching uh, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, which uh, from um, Rob McKenley, uh, or McKell, I don't know how to say his name, uh, the guy who plays Mac on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And Charlie Day uh, co-created this, and one of the writers from um, Always uh, Sunny. Sunny. So those three uh, created this, and it is basically about that uh, the guy Rob plays uh, this character um, Ian, who is the head of a video game, like an MMO type uh, mm-hmm. um, World of Warcraft type game. Um, you'd know more about it than I would, but he uh, he runs this game, which is like in- insanely popular, one of the top uh, top games uh, in that in that mm-hmm. field, um, and it's about them releasing the sequel, which is. So- hopefully going to do as good as the original. And so um, it deals with everything in the world of gaming from streamers uh, commenting on it and how important streamers are, even though mm-hmm. the people at the video game companies just like this fucking douchebag. <laughs> I hope, like, <laughs> But they're hanging on every word because they can mm-hmm. make or break the game to infighting between developers and creatives to the writer, to the test. Like it, they go to, they go to some uh, con like uh, a gamer con to find the, it's there's so much, that I think is hysterical, but as a non-gamer, I'm sure there's that much more that I'm missing. I think you are going to get a fucking humongous kick out of this show. I'll have to check it out. It's really funny, and it comes from people who are proven that they can do a, a, a comedy. So yeah. it's really good. And ironically, it's it's got comedy, but like the episode, I think it's the fifth episode I just watched. If I'm not mistaken, it was written by um, Kate Olsen, which is oh. uh, Rob's wife. Cool. She plays Dion. Um on Always Sunny, and it is, it was hauntingly beautiful slash sad. Yeah. Very interesting, like, it's this comedy, 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 really serious, beautiful 
episode. Mm-hmm. Comedy, comedy, comedy. It's just it's so weird. So Impressive. I'm dying to get your take on this All show. Right. Um, and then also Zombieland Double Tap. Fucking amazing. Really? Amazing. I was a fan of the first one. Same. The second one, I would say, is equal, if not better. Huh. It was hysterical. Interesting. Yes. All right. Well, I will take your yes. recommendation seriously for that. Um, I've got uh, continuing uh, The Outsider on HBO. Fucking amazing. All right. Uh, episode six just landed. Uh, it's getting good. Getting good, folks. Again, probably one of the best shot films I've ever, or shows, as well as excellent acting and music. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And also, uh, this band, I just have just, it's one of these bands that has like popped up in my YouTube feed. And I'm like, I'll listen to them. I'm like, cool. And every single one th- song that I've listened to them, I'm like, that's pretty good. And yeah. I just keep going. Finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy one of their albums. And I did. And they're a very fun, their name really summarizes what their sound sounds like. It's kind of like a, a, a very up, uh, happy sounding sort of beach vibe uh, with a, a female singer. And I just, I love everything about it. It's Dang very it. fun. It's very um, kind of a little bit of a alternative rock, more like kind of like, I don't know if grunge is the right word, but it's hard to describe, but it's very fun. It's something you imagine you'd probably listen to at the beach or like a fun party or something like that. It's very fun rock. So I highly recommend them. Check them out uh, wherever you find your shit. So that's where you can listen to it. That's right. Speaking of where you can listen to stuff, Uh gang, check us out. Before I get to that, I want to say thank you uh, to everybody. Uh, thank you, Twitch, obviously, listeners, things like that. You guys are great. And also, just please uh, check us out on our social medias. Interact with us. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at MindGetPodcast. Watch us on Twitch. Uh, we've got a very vivacious uh, chat going right now. Today has been one of the best. Uh, yeah. This and this, We haven't even touched on half of the things that, that they've been talking about. Yeah, you guys are... Not for trying. Up. We've been trying to get yeah. to it. But, man, they're, this is a great... Yeah. Great, uh, great chat today. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, also, check us out on YouTube, our stuff there, and just uh, like us, share us, subscribe, do all of those things. It's really important. Uh, we're trying to kind of move the needle on some stuff here, especially like in the Twitch realm. If you guys could like and follow us, that'd be awesome. Trying to hit that affiliate status. Uh, amongst other things, that would be pretty cool. So that being said, Justin is also online as well. That's true. On Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. While you're in the online realm, check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher. Spotify. And Google Podcasts, wherever you can get your podcasts. Uh, Like us, subscribe to us, review us, rate us, share us around. The big one is sharing. Uh, If all of you just uh, share this to, to five people, just be like, hey, check this out. Send them a link. It makes a gigantic difference um, for us, and hopefully they'll share and yada, yada, yada. You get math. Uh, and then also, uh, 2east8th.com slash mindgap, and then keep an eye on 2east8th social presences because Drew and I are prepping for our next short film that we're going to be shooting in San Diego in hopefully April. It's called Cry Baby Bridge, and uh, it's going to be dipping our toes into the horror slash thriller genre. Um, and then we should uh, hopefully, within the first half of this year, have an event in Chicago, uh, if not other places, uh, a premiere of all the stuff we've been working on. That's so fantastic. Keep an eye on all our stuff. That's super exciting. Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Twitch, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.